Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Settle your heart tonight that you'll tell people the truth and love because they have every reason to not be excited about you. If you're calling them names and holding up placards with their derogatory names on it, who's going to respond to you in that way? But when you can invite them and you can love on them and you can be kind to them and treat them like a human being, like anybody else, that's what they are. They're a normal human being like anybody else, but they're wrapped up in a sin that has got them and they're, they've, been, they've been lied to they've been deceived and now they are engrossed in it and it's up to us to love them and tell them the truth when it's appropriate earn the right to talk to them from shouting your name I know I am loved by the King and it makes my heart want to sing Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ. Today, Pastor Rob continues our study of the miscellaneous laws that God has instructed the nation of Israel to learn before they enter the Promised Land. As we go through our lesson, we see that many of these laws are applicable to our society today. God never changes, and His Word dictates to us how He wants us to live. When we go against those things he has laid out for us to follow and live confusing lifestyles, we separate ourselves from our God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, Without me, you can do nothing. Let's turn in our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and join Pastor Rob. We are our brother's keeper. When something goes wrong and we're, we see it, we ought to be willing or able to help. In the world, it's finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Isn't that the adage that we use? If you find something along the way. I mean, there's certain times where you can't help it. I mean, if you're in the parking lot of Wegmans and you find a $20 bill lying there and you take it inside and you tell the uh, customer service, uh, this was dropped, does this belong? Yeah, it belongs to me. Yeah, it belongs to me. Oh, really? Whose face is on the front? <laughs> what color is it? What's... <laughs> That's right. Well, this one says, in gold we trust. No, I'm only kidding. So, But in the world, it's finders, keepers, losers, weepers. But in the, in, the, in the church, this ought not to be. In Philippians, Paul said this. He said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. And look not on every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So we are our brother's keeper. And we, we know this to be true, and it's the golden rule, isn't it? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, Jesus said, Whatever you want men to do to you, you do to them also. If you want somebody to find your belonging and bring it, I remember my daughter lost a, um, I think it's okay for me to say this. She's not here, but it doesn't embarrass her. But she, she left something in the bathroom at Wegmans. It was something pretty valuable to her. She left it there on accident, or by accident. And we go shopping, and we um, get home. And she's like, oh. you know, she's looking for it, and she lost it. And so 
we go back to the store and go up to the customer service and we describe what it is. And they said, oh, yes, somebody returned it. Here it is. It was pretty valuable. And it was valuable to her especially. And I thought to myself, it's nice to live in Penfield. (laughs) You know, that was a really kind thing. And, you know, somebody did that. Somebody did that. And that's the way we ought to think too. In Matthew chapter 22, you remember the scribes and the Pharisees When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it, meaning you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There it is, isn't it? In fact, Jesus said those two commandments can really, all, all the prophets, all the it's all framed on the Ten Commandments, all the commandments of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Those two things, if you do those, and I love the way even the Ten Commandments are broken out. Tablet 1 speaks about our, uh, our relationship with God. Tablet 2 speaks of our relationship with man, and that's exactly the way Jesus pronounced it. Love the Lord your God, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And if God feels this way about animals... If he feels this way about helping your brother, if he found a, you know, to, if his donkey has fallen in the pit and you're, you're there and you see it, you can actually help him bring it out. You know, if he feels this way about animals, how much more does he care about people? We know that he does. You remember the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, the man's going along Jericho and he sees this uh, man who's been beaten up pretty bad and a priest goes by, walks right past him. A Levite walks right past him. And then a Samaritan comes by and he sees the man there, nearly dead. And what does he do? He looks at his watch and says, my, I'm late for lunch. And he takes off. No, he doesn't. He comes back. He takes care of the man. He picks him up, puts him on his own donkey or whatever animal he was riding, takes him to an inn nearby and tells the owner of the inn, take care of this man. Here's a, a, a good chunk of change to help him until he's better, and whatever else remains when I come back again, I'll pay you that. And this man was a Samaritan, a person who was hated by the Jews. Remember, if you look at a map of Israel, there was Galilee, there was Samaria, and then there was Judea. And whenever the Jews went from Judea up to Galilee, they'd never go straight through Samaria because it was, uh, you know, they, they were half-breeds. That's the way they thought of them. They were unclean people. So they would go around on the west or the, on the east side of the Jordan and come up and then cross over in this place called Perea. They would do that instead of going straight through. But this man was a Samaritan, a man who was looked down upon, and yet he's the one who exchanged this great love, this benevolence, really, taking care of the stranger. And so God cares about this. You know, I love what James says. He says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. And he says, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. The things that I do will show that my faith is genuine. Because we can talk a good talk all we want, but until that talk gets grounded on the feet and actually something doing doing something about it. That's all it is, is just hot air coming out of our mouth. And so that's what God wants to, to do in us, to let our faith be such that it comes out of us, right? 
he causes us first to will and then to do of his good pleasure. He first makes us willing to do it, and then he gives us the grace to actually go follow through with it. And isn't that wonderful that God, even if your heart right now is cold and indifferent and uncaring about a specific thing, maybe a, 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 some form of ministry, maybe there's, you know, you may not feel, God may not call you to, you know, the Amazon rainforest to minister to a, a tribe that's never heard English or seen a white man. You may not be called to do that. And it may scare you to death and think, Lord, that's the last thing I'd want to do. Well, you know what? Don't worry about it then. You just continue to pray and ask God to change you in whatever way he wants to change you. And if it's his heart to use you, I know this, he will change your heart. And somewhere along the line, it may take five years, it may take ten years, he can work in your heart to where you're like, you know what, I am so ready to go that no one's going to be able to stop me from going. Because you're going to have such a love and a compassion for those people that you're going to go if you have to hold on to the wing of the plane and you don't have a ticket. That's the way it works. He causes you to will and then to do. So if you don't have a will to do that, it may be that he's not going to call you to do that. But just be open to whatever he has. In verse 5, he goes on, he says, A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man. And this is where it gets a little dicey here, okay, because this is a, a difficult thing. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do such are an abomination to the Lord our God. Notice that. That verse right there would send the social media people crazy. You would immediately be hated just by throwing that verse up there. Not that you would do that, because that would be probably without in context and everything. It would, might be a little cold. But these are the kind of things that God tells us. He tells us the truth. And we ought not to be afraid of the truth. We ought not to be afraid of the truth. And God calls this confusion, and he hates it. A man wearing woman's clothes and a woman wearing men's clothes he hates it. God made Adam and Eve. He made them male and female. They were distinct and purposeful according to God's will and plan. And men and women have distinct enablements given to them by their creator. And we complement one another. I mean, you think about a husband and a wife, a male and a female. What a great puzzle. You know, the two of them together. They, 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 you know, it's like two become one. Two become one flesh. And I, I joke around with my wife. I mean, she's in my opinion, perfect the way she is. However, we joke around about how the two of us together, because of our strengths and weaknesses, together we make one decent person. You know, And, and I say that, um, and I'm glad she's not here, because I really think she's, she's way better than I am, and I'm being serious about that. I'm not just having some kind of false humility, but she really is. She really is better than me, and, and I love her dearly. But th- this idea of changing uh, your garments and wearing women's clothing or vice versa, you know, this would include anybody who's gay because a lot of, there's a number of gay folks who do this, lesbians, uh, queer, bisexual, transgender, cross-dressers, transvestism, and that is literally a person, that's a term where a person derives pleasure from dressing in clothes associated with the opposite sex, and there are people out there that have become perverted, and they enjoy that kind of thing. And it's, it's twisted. It's perverse. It's perverted. It's different than what God has made us to be. And it's a shame when we see somebody who purposely makes up themselves to look like the opposite sex. And then when we call them a he or a she because we don't really know who it is that we're dealing with, they get upset and they get offended. 
What madness. What madness. It is a crazy place. And this is not homophobia, folks. I'm not afraid of, of gay people. I'm not afraid of a transvestite. I'm not afraid of a lesbian. I'm not afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. I don't fear them. I pity them. I pity, as I would pity anybody who's in any kind of sin, right? If you're, a, if you're a kleptomaniac and you like to steal things, I pity you. If you're a, a heterosexual involved in fornication, I pity you because you're missing the mark. You're living a life of sin that's ultimately going to separate you if you don't repent from God for eternity. I pity you. I pity these people too because God loves them. I don't hate them because I tell them the truth that makes me a hater, that makes me a, um, a person who is uh, in, in, in engaged in hate speech. Is that what I am because I tell them the truth? So be it. And you need to settle your heart tonight that you'll tell people the truth in love. Because they have every reason to not be excited about you. If you're calling them names and holding up placards with their derogatory names on it, who's going to respond to you in that way? But when you can invite them and you can love on them and you can be kind to them and treat them like a human being, like anybody else, that's what they are. They're a normal human being, like anybody else. But they're wrapped up in a sin that has got them. And they're, they've, been, they've been lied to. They've been deceived. And now they are engrossed in it, and it's up to us to love them and tell them the truth when it's appropriate. Earn the right to talk to them, love them. Don't condone the sin, but you can love them enough to tell them the truth, and we must tell them the truth. And don't worry about all the other things, because if somebody knows, one thing I'm learning is that if somebody really knows that you really do love them, and they can tell by your nonverbal communication, they can tell by your demeanor, the way I'm speaking to you right now, isn't it very caring and very loving, right? They can tell when you're talking to them like that, that you really do care, that you really do, you're, you really want to bless them. You want to encourage them to come out of that because it's, they weren't born that way. God doesn't make mistakes. Now, there may be an occasional person born and you can't tell the sex of the person because maybe their organs were somehow, but th- those things are one in a million, but ultimately, they know whether it's a boy or a girl by other things, other variables. So it's not just plumbing. <laughs> Sorry about that. But God loves people. He loves people. And we ought to love them as well and show them that we love. You know, it's like we wouldn't keep anybody from coming in who's gay or lesbian or bisexual or whatever. If they're really coming to hear, or if they're, even if they're curious, we ought to, we ought to reach out to them, be kind to them. Not condone the sin, don't get me wrong, but you can still love them, you can be kind to them, and you can welcome them in. This is the place, this is where it should happen, where they can be confronted with love in a way that they can respond to it instead of looking at them and going, I know who you are. You know, we do that. And especially men, we don't like that sin particularly because it drives, you know, I don't understand it. I just don't get it. You know, but anyway, love them. You know, I remember when I was in grade school, if anyone was cross-dressing, they'd be the laughing stock of the school. They really would. When I was a, in my grade school, they would. They'd be the laughing stock of the school, but now everyone is afraid to say anything against it. And lest they, be, lest they get sued, or even worse, they get branded as being a hater or being guilty of a hate crime. And the, the world has turned it upside down, and our culture has lost our sanity. We're no longer sane. 
It's crazy. It's madness. It's madness, folks. People are losing their jobs because of a careless word that they may make. How many careless words are happening in the workplace that are derogatory, filthy language, and yet nobody loses their job, but, oh, you talk about that, and all of a sudden, you lost your job. You get called in because you looked at somebody funny or made a funny comment, and all of a sudden, you know, you've lost your job. But you can use the four-letter words all day long, and nobody seems to have a problem with that. You can have the off-colored jokes and and do off-colored things, but, boy, don't touch that. Don't touch that. You're going to lose your job. You're going to be branded a hater. Well did Isaiah, under the influence of the Spirit of God, say in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, he says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And this is what's happening today. The tail is wagging the dog. The tail is all of these little things, and they're wagging the dog, and they're causing corporations and movie channels and movie big networks to finally just succumb to the whims of a handful that are very powerful and are gaining momentum in the church, too. There are many churches that are very uh, uh, very in, in, in line with this and embrace it. We ought to embrace people. We don't have to embrace sin we embrace people, and we encourage them to change. I needed to change. I was a rotten, filthy sinner when I got saved, and so are they. We all need to come to Christ, the Savior. He is the only one. And our kids, on top of that, are being desensitized to men wearing women's clothes and men's wear, wearing women's, or vice versa. You know, there's a Disney movie called Tangled, and it has a scene of a bunch of rude and crude men in a bar that Rapunzel and Flynn Rider go into, and many of them are effeminate and wearing uh, women's clothing. And I'll be honest with you, the whole scene is very comical, if it wasn't so heartbreaking. (laughs) But the scene, it desensitizes kids, those kinds of things. And pretty soon when they see it in real life, it's not just a shock anymore. It's no longer shocking because they're, they're being inundated by it everywhere. And it ought to be a shock because it is abnormal and it is perverted. It's against nature. And this is certainly one of the strategies, one of the strategies of Satan is to desensitize so that it becomes so normal to the ear and to the heart that finally when it comes into fruition, Everyone's embracing it, and they're wondering why everybody is so against it. What is the matter with you? Can't you just get with it? Can't you just, be, can't you just love people? Can't you see they're in love? <laughs> we need to do, folks, whatever we can to uphold biblical truth as the Lord shows us in his word. And, it may be, and may it be shown not only in our personal life but in our public life. And may it reflect in the ballot station when we go to vote. Remember who you are are when you vote. If you know the Bible, you'll be able to vote. Certainly no one is perfect. You know, no, no, neither group is perfect. But you look at the values, you look at the issues, it's not hard. And that's all we can do. And then you pray. But notice it says that this, for all who do such thing are an abomination. This word uh, literally means a disgusting thing. It, it, it's it's um, in an ethical sense. It means wickedness. We know in Leviticus chapter eighteen it says, "You shall not lie with a male as with a woman." It is an abomination. It's the very same word. 
And believe me, this is not easy to talk about, but here it is in the Word of God, and we've got to face it. And Leviticus chapter 20 says, If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. That's how serious God put on these weird and twisted relationships. For the Jews, he said, you can't let this go on, because if you let it go on, it's going to corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. Now, thank God, you know, in our justice system, you know, we don't put people to death. I'm very thankful for that. But we still have to tell them the truth. They may not be put to death, but God has, given, has gone to the cross for them. They have to believe in him, right, and be restored to life, right? In Deuteronomy chapter 23, there shall be no ritual harlot of the daughters of Israel or a perverted one of the sons of Israel. You shall not bring the wages of a harlot or the price of a dog. That's a male slave, a male prostitute. You shall not bring a price money that they've earned into the house of God. For any vowed thing, for all of these things, again, are an abomination to the Lord. And one of the first things that Josiah Josiah did, he was one of the greatest reformer kings in Israel's history, says he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the wooden image, a wooden image of Ashtaroth. There's so much in the Word of God about these things. Genesis 19, Judges 19 speaks of it. Romans chapter 1, we know all these things. How is it that any pastor in this country or in the world, how can any pastor skirt around this issue when it's very plain in the Word of God? I've heard interviews of certain pastors. They would ask them, what do you think about homosexuality? First off, you should say, I don't think anything. This is what the Bible says. Read the verses I just read. Just read it to them. This is what God says. It's a sin. And thank God, you know, we're not living back, you know, we live in an age of grace, right? But think about it. They need to uphold and teach what the Lord says. That's what's important to us. And it's going to take great courage for believers today to stand up and be courageous and stand for the truth. And we are not haters. We may get frustrated, but we are not haters we are not haters. We're lovers of God. We love God and his word, and God loves people, but they must come to him and submit themselves to the truth of his word, his word. And everyone is welcome within these walls, as long as they come with open hearts and open ears to hear what the Lord has to say. We must not compromise in sharing the whole truth, the whole truth. Nice segue, because now we're going into verse 6. <laughs> it says, If a bird's nest happens to be before you along the way in any tree or on the ground with young ones or eggs, with the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall let the mother go, and you shall take the young for yourself, that it may go well, be well with you, and that you may prolong your days. And I love the fact that God, again, he's, he's concerned about life. He's concerned about preserving life. He wants to promote life. He even says to the Israelites, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Choose it. Don't choose death. Choose life. That's the thing he gives you. And he commands us to choose life. And I, sometimes I wish I was on the top of the Empire State Building like that, you know, and the lotto jackpot is. Instead of that, I'd say, choose life. And then I'd be thrust through with an arrow and I'd fall headlong into the traffic below. 
But notice the love of God, even in this. You know, leave the mother alone because she can still propagate. She can still have more young ones. But you can use the eggs for, you know, to, to have eggs or to use for, for chickens or whatever you're going to use. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.